Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another J Rocks Lawn Care Gardening Podcast. And here we are on episode number 30. This one is titled Interview with Keith Smith from All Things Turf. What a pleasure to have this lad on. Uh, we've been back and forth and comes for quite some time now. And to finally get him on the podcast, as we spoke about so much, you know, it's going to be a great insight for you to just find out a little bit more about him and hopefully in future podcasts as well, take something from like his massive experience that he has. So just as a little intro, uh, he was a Alit Creative Stripes winner in 2018, match day staff at Villa Park for 24 years, and he also started on Channel 5's Lawn and Order. So if you haven't seen that yet as well, check it out and you'll see Keith on that, absolutely in stripes. So Keith, welcome to the podcast. It is an absolute pleasure having you on here. Thanks, Jay. Not a problem at all. Awesome. So how are you keeping you all right? Yeah, I'm all great. I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the weather's slowing things down, as I suppose every gardener and lawn tech's finding at the moment. But yeah, yeah that's it's it. going along steady at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, just a few questions, and really, it's this podcast today for anyone that's listened. It's as with these initial interviews, it's sort of to find out more about you, the person we're interviewing, sort of to spread a bit of not so much awareness, but sort of where your experience may come from, and just kind of more about you as a as a person as well as a lawn tech and your business so just to start with can you tell us a little bit about yourself like your business and you know what your channels are about sort of instagram and tiktok that sort of thing yeah Jay. um yeah I'm, I'm keith smith yeah i'm 45 years old this is my uh, first year into lawn care business on my own uh, i've got a couple of channels you've got me on two channels on the instagram one for my personal lawn for my own lawn there's a channel for my uh, business lawn and there's tiktok where all my uh, time lapse go that seems to do pretty well with each one that goes out there so yeah yeah that's one thing i've noticed with that i mean i've touched on this before a couple of times but the power of like short videos these days you know anything sort of inside two minutes say seem to be like massive at the moment and I mean do you just want to tell people about the sort of the crazy numbers that you're hitting on TikTok yeah well the one TikTok video which is out there which was on that lawn and order is about 4.9 million views at the moment so and there's quite a few uh biggish numbers but you do get some that for some reason they just don't take off the latest one I put on there is just has done really uh no numbers at all, which is quite surprising. And then Alec put that back up on theirs today and it's sort of flying. So it's quite weird. <laughs> Same video on, on somebody else's channel. It's just going. It's, it is a bit nuts. But yeah, 4.9. I just wanted to tick to that 5 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just hit that round number. Be, yeah. It'd be crazy. But yeah, it's just not so quickly. It just it just got legs and it just, it just went. It really did. And it just carried on and carried on to the point of... And literally... When, uh, for anyone that hasn't sort of seen your channel yet or that have followed it, if they check you out, these are like time-lapse. You've got what looks like this lovely front flat garden. You know, you've, you've spent a lot of time on it. You put a lot of care into it. And what Keith basically does is you take time-lapses and do videos of you doing these sort of creative stripes, sometimes just normal stripe patterns, and but it's all sped up, isn't it? So it's within that sort of, you know, 30 seconds to a minute sort of range. And it's just, it's literally night and day. You're blinking, it can almost go from just, you know, flat green to, you know, these creative designs that you keep on doing. 
Yeah, it's, it is bad because because a lot of people say in the comments, you just like, I hate you get the stripes and loads of comments like that, and you just tell them like it's it's a roller mower that you use to get the stripes. So it's let's just get it just it has gone absolutely nuts over the last six to eight months doing these time lapses. You say it's thirty seconds <clears throat> to about a minute maximum that just seems to draw people in because people just want to um, watch that kind of quick thing and move on to the next one that's and what hopefully it is. all the ha- yeah hopefully all the ha- different hashtags that you you put with these things it catches into people's uh for you pages and different things like that when they search for these different kind of things it's almost like quick fixes isn't it people want to see stuff like fast these days it's not and that's one thing i've noticed as well you said like last six eight months and i think you know you know i've spoke about this before since lockdown i think the rise in sort of people getting into lawn care, even just from like a hobbyist point of view, so that the garden doesn't look a mess, you know, not even to the like extreme levels, but so many people seem to have been, you know, going this way of wanting a nicer looking garden, you know, taking care of the grass a lot more. It's almost went in like a, you know, a full round circle, hasn't it? From, you know, the Kina grandparents sort of thing. It's now kind of with us right now, you know, kind of it's came to rise again. Yeah, a lot of my uh, customers I've had this year that's come on board are, are quite like that. They've, they've said they've saved lots of money during the lockdown because they haven't got anything out. So the the outdoor space is where they've played their money to into. So the lawns have have looked a lot better this year. So yeah, I think that's where people's money went over the lockdown really because it's an outdoor space that they could get into. And that's it, like you say. I mean, we're spending so much more time there that. You know, you soon. I thought it would go the other way. I thought people being back home, they'd just be like buying random gifts, you know, whatever else. And because they weren't always working, a lot of people got made redundant and all the rest of it, or being on reduced wage. I thought people would be holding on to that. But it seems to, like you've said, basically, it's done the total opposite. And people's now appreciating these areas. And rightly enough, as well, I mean, these are beautiful spaces that people have that, you know, even small spaces that can be turned into something really quite eye-catching. And it's no surprise that they've taken on services like yours or mine or whoever is that, whoever else it might be, because once when you start looking at something for long enough, you start seeing things you don't like, don't you, normally? And, um, yeah. yeah, everyone's just caught in a change in it. So whereabouts is it that you're actually located? And is there anything sort of nature-wise, like storms or high heats that, you get reoccurring, you know, sort of year after year. Well, I'm lo- uh, located in Birmingham, uh, not too far from Great Bar in Birmingham. Um, Animal-wise, I suppose the normal, be the normal thing is a lot of people get with uh, leather jackets and chafer grubs. A few badgers that I get on a few lawns, but not to a huge extent as of where I used to work on the the golf course where. We were just inundated with badgers that used to tear up everything for the grubs. Right. Yeah, but no, yeah. for as in personal lawns and uh, homeowner lawns and different things like that, I don't really seem to have too much of a problem touch wood. <laughs> so with, with them grubs being more of a problem around your area then, is is that something you've actually had a look into? Obviously, there's been these talks about bands of certain chemicals coming into play and you know golf courses suffering that's running out of stock. You know, is this something that you've kind of had to deal with yet? Like, are you feeling them effects or, or you're um, all right? Yeah, 
it hasn't been too bad. I've had a couple of people that's uh, they've um, they've said they've put um, nematodes on and different different things that are out there because, as you say, a lot of the the industry was using a lot of chemicals before, which are now banned. So it is it is getting harder and harder to uh, eradicate or help with these uh, kind of bugs that are in the ground. So for anybody that's out there at the moment, there's there's, there's bits you can do, but there's a lot of things that have been taken off the market, which, which the don't help fixes, the home. Um, yeah, yeah, the simpler fixes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's a shame, really, because I mean, anyone that's ended up having any form of grubs, they'll, they'll soon find that almost when you notice yeah. it, it's it, it's almost at the point where it's too late. You see, like, so you can see large areas start to die off almost what seems very quickly. Um, and it is, I mean, there's even the you know, like soaking it and putting down your dark sheets is what I've told a few people that want to stay very natural with it. Um, yeah, but even that, it's it's a longer process, you know, and nothing's over, you know, nothing's one application anymore. It's all, almost a, a, a longer fight, let's call it, than these simple yes. fixes now that the chemicals are gone. But um, so is that what first interested you, working on the golf courses? Is that like your f- what first brought you towards turf care in its own or...? Now, I suppose it all. I suppose it dated back to when, I, well, I was a young lad, sort of thing. When, when my dad in the back garden had the mower out, which was, I think, I think it was a cool cast. Pet, was it petrol? No, I think it was electric. But it had a roll on the back as well. So I did used to do the back lawn uh, every week or every couple of weeks. So I suppose it did start from that. But then it didn't come of anything. It was only till I was uh, eighteen when my dad knew the old grounds room at Villa Park and he just asked if I could go down there and help on match days. So as I say, like 24 years later, I'm still there now, but it's a hell of a change and a hell of a difference in uh, stadium stadium turfs and stadium surrounding has changed from going in and just divoting because the pitches were so battered back then. He yeah. used to pull out huge diffids to the state-of-the-art pitches now with a Deso pitch, it's a lot different. So I suppose over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, it got more uh, asking if you wanted to help. So as I say, match day, I can be in there really early and, and helping on the pitch set up for a premiership game. And then uh, one of the lads that worked there, he uh, was course manager at Edgebaston Golf Club and he got me in there. So I home so most of my skills from there for five, just over five years and then it was sort of um time to leave and time to push on and do something else so well that, that, that's, that's pretty it amazing it seems almost like a domino effect that it's strange that, isn't yeah. it, that one thing can literally take you to the next but i never realized that you started that young at villa park i thought that's maybe something you would have been almost called back to is that something we can just talk on at this moment about like the change in the pitches as you mentioned like what actually makes up the Premiership pitches these days, if you do know? Well, a, a lot of them now are sand-based pitches and with a deso fibre that uh, is weaved into the uh, base of the pitch. So when the, the new seeds are growing, uh, the, the root system clings onto this uh, deso fibre and that's what makes it a solid, uh, a solid pitch these days. That's why you don't see the big, huge divots that come out of the pitches. But there's so much technology that goes into pitches and the feeds and different things are done. And the the main guy down there, uh, Carl, his knowledge is is 
he's brilliant. So yeah. you can, I can ask him different things and he'd gladly uh, tell me the answer to these things because I don't have all that knowledge. Uh, that's why I pick brains from everybody else because if I'm stuck, then I've got loads of friends out there that are in the industry that I could pick up the phone and go, what do I do here? Because there's loads of things I still still getting my head around now and being a new business owner it's it's, it's all new to me yeah no I, I bet and that i think that's a fantastic point to actually jump on at the moment because i think there's this almost um this almost feeling put across that at a certain stage you should just know the answer to absolutely everything and quite realistically you just physically can't you know what i mean like there's so yeah. much to know about even when it comes to you know on the horticulture side just the plants and you know, if something's in full shade or half or like, you know, whatever it might be, there's so many bits of knowledge in different categories to pick from. It's almost, it's very hard to know it all at once. And so to always ask for help, what we always say on this channel anyway, is I think a key part, like what you're saying, even after all your years of experience of working premiership pitches, golf courses, your own turfing company, as in, you know, grass turf company, then you're still asking questions and it just shows that the amateur shouldn't be thinking that they know absolutely everything, you know, within three months, six months, because it's just not realistic really, is it? No, no it's certainly not. And as I say, I'm only, all my knowledge is, is self-taught and is asking from people. None of yeah. mine is, is MVQ in this, MVQ in that sort of thing. I've got all my uh, spraying certificates I need and my uh, basic uh, chainsaw courses, that's all them. But all the knowledge in the turf industry is just is what I've learned from other people by just, just asking the question and going, oh, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And just, just getting the answers that way. Yeah, that, no, that's fantastic, that. So is that what, So after all that experience, what brought you actually into going, right, that's it? you know, I'm actually going to go up my own, I'm going to set up my own business and, you know, give it everything as a solo owner operator. Can you tell us a bit about your business, sort of the setup that you have, just basically how it came along? Yeah, well, it was nice. I'm working at the golf course for five years and getting to a point that I started my business, All Things Turf, in the background. So I ran that as part-time like yourself for... I think it's two and a half years, three years, I can't remember. Um, and then it was the hardest thing to do was taking that leap of faith and going from part-time work into, um, I mean, from full-time work into part-time work. Yeah. In in the way of switching the business round into a full-time business. And that was the hardest thing to do. It was handing in the notice. That was the hardest thing to do. Because yeah. as you say, a paid employee, they don't have to worry about They've sought the tax out, the national insurance, they the pension and different insurance needed. But suddenly I'm doing that. And <laughs> that that was the hardest thing to do. But handling in the notice was the difficult difficult thing to do for me. It was like I've got to make that leap. And it should have been a year ago, really, but COVID put a pay to everything. And I thought, well, that gives me time to get a few bit more bits of equipment together and and just try and build the the business in the background a bit more to the point as I say I'd got enough customers to go yeah I can do this and having the backing from the wife that, that was the main thing because you do worry you do worry are you going to pay the bills have we got enough money going to be coming in so yeah that was that's the hardest thing to do but it almost comes as down as a, to faith doesn't it like it's it's almost the oh, first massively. point where it, 
where you need to not put your eggs in one basket, but where you just need to fully believe in yourself and believe in the business that you're offering and going, this is worth it. You know, what I am offering will be good enough. And there needs to be an element of that because if there isn't, then you almost set up to fail with not having enough faith in yourself. It's, it, it almost seems like that leap of faith, like you say, hand in that notice, it, you need to back yourself, don't you? It's, it's key. Yeah, it, it, it is. And it was that, it, it was that final, it was that final push that I, I needed from the wife and everybody around me to say, and a bit more, a bit of confidence for myself. People go, you can do this. You, you know, you can do this. And it was just, it was handing in that notice and going, yeah, I've done it. Once it was handed in, that I think that was the, the biggest part because it, then it goes, well, I'm on my own now and yeah. I have to do this. And so it's, it's been a, it has been a, a busy year. I haven't been away. The wife managed to get away for a few days with, with the kids. I've just worked through and time this, this Friday comes uh, in December. I'm, I'm not doing anything for a couple of weeks because doing it for so, so much now when you could usually take a break when doing part-time. I've got parts of my wrists that's aching, the lower back that aches, the one yeah. hip's aching. It's like you don't realise <laughs> that you're constantly going and going the way that I have done over the last six to eight months just to try to make sure that I've got enough behind me to go through the winter. That's so, it, isn't it? You almost feel like you need to to push more just to, to see whether... You know, you don't want to fall short, so then you put more into it. But it's funny you mention about the aches and the pains. And, you know, I'm I'm only 28 years old, but my body's taken an absolute beating through my military career, you know, just through the weights that you carry, the the way the body's abused. Um, you know, so I'm feeling a lot of aches and pains already. But it is one thing that I consciously think about is, you know, like you would with any machine, whether it was a pedal strimmer or, you know, your mower, or an area, whatever it might be, you need to service that bit of kit and look after it to get you through, you know, that season or several years. And it's the same with the body. And I've honestly lately been thinking about, you know, what sort of yoga should I be looking into? Should I be working on certain muscle groups in the gym more to like, you know, to build up that core strength to, to protect myself? Because at the end of the day, you could have 30 grand worth of tools at your disposal, top of the range. But if, if you break down and your back goes or, you know, something like you say, even like a wrist going, you know, the limitations that then creates is, it's scary, isn't it? Like, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. And it's, <clears throat> I do try at least once a month to get a, a, a deep tissue massage as well, um, because you need it after a, a good month. Because you say, keep going and going and going your body can only take so much. And as you say, once, once your body's gone, as you say, you've got this thousands of pounds worth of tools. They're going to be useless because you're the main part of that, that tool. You're controlling it. You're looking after it. So, yeah, you do need to take time out and look after yourself. And so there, end no, of this week, I, I will have two weeks off. Yeah, no, it's, it's well uh, deserved as well. I think uh, it's almost getting tied into uh, not letting yourself overheat, let's call it, or like run yourself red. Is this something that you're going to probably take in the next season then and go, oh, I might take a long weekend there or might take another week here? Do you reckon you'll change at all? Or? I'd, I'd, hope, I'd hope so for next year that the wife said you need to have a, a break in the summer. So you probably will be needing to get somebody to 
cover a few loans because as I say, I've gone from starting the business and only going from May this year, then I've just gone flat out till uh, now, just to make sure that if it does slow down to an extent going through December, January, February, that I've got enough money and backing behind me because I like to service all my own stuff as much as I can. So I've still got all my mowers and different things, streamers and, and all that needs servicing. So it is, it is going to take time over the winter to, to get through all these things to do. But yeah, it's, it's hard as well. As you say, you like to be working constantly. It's, and if I'm not going out there and working, I think I'm, I'm not earning any money. But as the wife say, you, you're still working. If you're just servicing, you've still got to do these things. Because if you haven't got these machines going, then we're not going to get paid, are you? So no, I, I, th- I think uh, no, that that's absolutely right, and I think that's one thing when we we talked about like I've talked about price in another podcast, and I kind of speak, uh, kind of talk on this a little bit, and it's it's the fact of when you earn, let's say, two hundred pound for a day's work, just for example's sake, you know, and you think, oh, like that's you know, and you let's say you finish a few hours earlier, and you go, oh, you know, I've, I've made that big profit, you know, that money's mine. The reality is when tax goes, fuel goes, you know, servicing goes, whatever it might be, that, that money dwindles down. And part of that as well is, you know, these moments that, for example, when you're going to service in the winter, it's almost acknowledging that when you make, when you have them big wins, you know, them days where you go, huh, like I made a bit more than usual today, you know, a, a little bit of that actually needs to go into a pocket somewhere for the days when you're in quotation marks, like not working, you know what I mean? When, when you are just servicing a bit of kit and not being paid for it. Um, it's almost that being open-minded. And I think that can only come with time. The more we do it, the more we'll notice what goes where and, you know, the things that you need to change and in your own business. Cause let's face it, everyone works differently anyway. And yep. what might work for you might not work for me and vice versa, but you will come up with a plan, whether it takes you three months or three years that will then put you in a better state, you know? And um, I think your wife sounds a very knowledgeable woman, you know, and it, it's good to have that backing as well. I think definitely being in a solo run company, you need some form of support to go, look, you're doing fine. Just, you know, keep going. Uh, you know, trust trust me, it looks fine like you're doing from the outside. Don't get wrapped into this ball of, like, worry, I suppose it is. Yeah, because so, it's... It's, sorry, because yeah, it's all down to that that mental side of it as well. Because I say, I talk to the wife, but I've got other uh, lads in the industry that I ring or they ring me once a week because it does get lonely being out there on your own. So you do need that the chat with somebody. The, the the old deputy from the golf course he left as well, but he's doing totally different. He's doing uh, dog walking now and very successful at it. Oh, well, but we still we still speak at least once a week just so you've got that communication with somebody else because you're going on your own constantly, not talking for for a few hours. It just it just send you a bit uh, loopy after a bit. So <laughs> you do need you need do need to bounce off with somebody from time to time, and that's that's how I find it helps me by just picking up the phone and, and speaking to to other lads out out there because it helps them as well. Even a quick message or a message a couple of lads off the Instagram and just say how's your day and just checking in see how you are sort of thing so it's just it's it's keeping that uh mental health going and helping other people as much as yourself as well 
I think that's massively key because, you know, not only is it a hard thing to go into for anyone that's maybe thinking of it, but like you say, there's a lot of things that no one really tells you when you first start up. And like you say, when you're spending whole days by yourself, you know, and let's just say that you're not talking to any customers that day or, you know, you're not interacting with anyone, it, it can build up, you know, and at the end, it's almost taking ourselves back to the body as like the machine that runs everything. You know, we are the engine at the end of the day. And it has to be key. People need to realize like whatever way you need to look after yourself, whether that's your deep tissue massages or phone a friend or whatever it might be, you need to keep the body going and you need to keep the mind going as well, don't you? And, you know, they're both massively important points that I don't think actually gets touched on enough um, within Mm -hmm. the industry. It's not something we see about enough, but a lot of people struggle with mental health as well without going into that too much. Um, and so it is massively important. We never want to do anything that brings that side too far down is, I think, the main part about it. But going from the side that I was, we talked about equipment, what is the equipment that you're using roughly? Are you massively battery or you're massively petrol or, you know, uh, two-stroke? Is there any sort of preference you have? At the moment, it's, I'd say, 99% uh, petrol, two-stroke. I have gone into a battery strimmer which is the ego st uh, 1300e so i'm trying that next year uh to try for as you say for early mornings when you want to get round, you can do all the edge do different things and they are hell of a lot quieter i've got to give it that um but for the oomph and power then i'll still run petrol and and true uh two stroke at the moment so um Mamer is the Hater 56 Pro. Uh got the Honda 536, the Toro Recycler um 650 series. And I'll still use one of my first mowers, which was the Mountfield uh S461R, I think, PD rear roller. Still use that um to this day really as well. And I've got the Alit which I won in the competition, but that stops at home. That doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so that's a Liberty, Liberty 43 stairs on mine and two push mowers. But I've, I've managed to build up enough equipment because, as I say, running part-time and having the full-time job, I was able to put that bit more money aside to buy most of my equipment. So we've got the, um, the Camon Alice 42, uh, Scarifier, I've got the, the LA25 aerator, I've got a small Wolfgarten Scarifier, uh, still FS50, FS45C, FS55, the KM56 and KM94 multi tools, hedge cutters, couple of blowers. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I've pretty much got everything. I probably could do with a small chipper and a turf lifter then I'd have everything, but trying to get it into a Vauxhall combo van is a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I've had to, uh, as well, rent a um, container to put all these different things in, fertilisers that I've had to sort of try and get now at this year's prices, because, you know, prices are going up. So I've had to fork out for that now yeah. because I don't know what they're going to be next year. And a lot of my customers... Uh, I've got them on monthly plans. So I've got to try and gauge this year what next year's prices may be. So I've tried to get them all in this year. 
<clears throat> to help me budget to give them a, a planned price for next month uh, for next year. That's really interesting, that isn't it? That it's almost the scene around corner things as well. Like not only are you planning kit and equipment, whether that's making sure everything's service for next year, but because of the way your business works, what you've just said there is like mainly monthly payments. You've also got to try and foresee the price changes next year so that you can let them know in enough time that it isn't just, you know, mid-spring or mid-summer, you, you make a massive uh, price change. I think there's so much to it that would probably surprise someone that's just thinking about, you know, going into this industry. And that's why these interviews are brilliant because there's some things that you're saying now, like for, for example, I don't have anyone on monthly payments. So these... Um, having to foresee price changes for like a set plan doesn't really occur to me because as soon as they happen, say a start of next year, I would then, you know, change my prices in line with whatever the inflation's been. Um, if I'm doing it at that moment in time, whereas you've got to kind of be more ahead of the game. Again, it just shows that every, everyone runs a slightly different business and there's by doing things like this and getting the wider knowledge out there, more people can learn about it and more people can adapt. It's funny what you say about all the equipment as well um, with putting the money aside. I think this is also a big uh, a, a big pro in actually dabbling in it first. I spoke about this an episode or two ago that by working on a business on the part-time, you know, whether that's just one evening a week or, you know, a couple of evenings a week, what that might, whatever that might be, it does allow you to put that pot to side to put into equipment like, did you find that massively more beneficial by doing it that way? Yeah, oh, there's no way. I don't think I could have gone there out there and, and spent X amount of thousands of pounds on getting all this equipment at once that, that I wanted. So, yeah, having that part, running it as a part-time and putting that odd bit of money here, here and there away to build up a pot to getting these different things, I think was the... The way, the way forward or the better way forward for me anyway if you've got that money out there you, you can just go here's £2,000 to go and get this here's £3,000 to get the rest of your stuff it yeah. just didn't work like that so it has to be little bits at a time and as I say I want to go uh, a lot more battery in the next couple of years It's as you say it's finding that balance of who you want to go to because yeah. you need to stick to a brand you can't switch and change brands because it's the batteries that are the most expensive part of these machines as you as, as you know yourself sort of thing uh no, the exactly. still there's the honda and i think i'm gonna go with uh ego because i was at Soltex, so i was around their their stand quite a bit having a, a good look around at the, the tools so i will try and probably get their the multi-tool system as well uh this year uh, coming because I want to gradually move over to it. As I say, I'm not going to move out of that petrol and two-stroke just at the moment until, as you say, as you've got enough batteries behind you for these different things. But as you say, you you can start off paying £99 up to £400-something, depending on the amperes of these yeah. batteries. No, and that's you it. want the bigger amperes. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, it, and it's the scary part of it, it you know, the fact that the investment isn't just oh, I'll try this streamer, then I'll you know I'll sell it. It is the fact of like you say with that price range. There's exactly that you know paying up to four hundred quid for, you know, a portable battery. <laughs> if you need three, four, five to get through a day, 
the investment's huge. You know, you're looking thousands of pounds just on, you know, fuel, let's call it. And mm-hmm. to put that that um, commitment into a brand, you need to believe in it. You need to be able to rely on it and you need to like working with it as well. I think a mixture of them sort of three things, you know, tends to put people in with certain brands, whether it's still Ego Husky, whatever it might be. And it's hard. It's hard because what I've found with it as well is there's not many dealers that actually push out that much demos for the battery gear either. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I, I've, did you manage to try any at Soltex? No, it was more of just as in the feel of the weight of these different things and, and the look of them and the build quality that you could see operated because at Soltex, there's quite a few big brands that weren't there because of a COVID situation still, they never come across. So I've sort of gone with, or going to possibly go with Ego because it was just that they were there at the time. But as you say, you try and get any demos and different things, it's, it's, a, it's a lot harder to get than it is for bigger pieces of equipment and machinery where you can ask about these things, but asking for streamers and different brush cutters in these things, not a lot of people want out there just going to lend you these things for a couple of days to, to see what you think. Yeah, no, that is definitely the hard part about it. And it's kind of how I came into Husky as well. I mean, anyone that does actually follow any of my pages will know 90% of my battery gear or just gear in general is Husqvarna. But it was the same sort of um, instance, apart from not seeing it in person. When I was looking online at the time, it just seemed to be, you know, there's a lot of people, like a lot of the review videos, especially over in Australia, a lot was sort of Husqvarna heavy. It's almost like the media side of it had a massive influence because as soon as I started watching the review videos and it was Husqvarna this, Husqvarna that, it kind of just got lodged in my brain that that was obviously the next step I had to go to. Um, Ego, I always seem like thought of as a homeowner's choice more than anything. But actually over the last 12 months, really, seeing what Ego's been doing and you know the, the power that they're putting into their batteries... I think Ego's going to be absolutely lethal in the next, well, right now and going in the next few years. I think they've got the power, um, the power placement right. I think they just need to maybe look at some of their designs, user friendliness. And I think they'll, they're already up there in the top sort of three in my eyes. But I reckon they'll be battling for, you know, first, second slot very soon. I think you're going to pick a good choice by going with Ego, quite honestly. Yeah, it, it was just more that they were there at the time and it was the only brand I really looked at. And again, I suppose a bit of looking looking when Alec launched their uh, new Sterling and it came with the bat- um, the Ego battery. I thought, hmm, I'll have a look at that properly. And so the bits of kit that's out there and you've got the professional range as well, not just the homeowner stuff. Yeah, it's a lot more expensive. But yeah, what what I've seen of it and, and felt with the different batteries, ampere batteries in in the, at the show, they're they're a good piece of equipment, and so I will ninety nine percent go that way over the next couple of years. I think, but as you say, that they're sitting in between the top three, and yeah, I do think they'll they'll easily push on because yeah. the the quality and the strength of their batteries is, is really good. Yeah, no, I, I do honestly think anyone that is looking at the battery gear, it looks like I'm very husky, heavy, but quite honestly, I think all brands that are, you know, 
hitting for the, you know them top three, maybe four brands if you if you look at some of the others. You know, mm-hmm. they're all worth a look at, and it's you know I would advise anyone if they do have the option to try any or at least look at any and you know f- pick them up in a dealership or whatnot and you know have a little play with them. Then to do that because you know the the role basically they've all got one one that's got one thing better than the next one. You know it's probably got one thing worse as well. So you, yeah. you know they're definitely worth looking into as a whole. Now you mentioned about and I mentioned as well the fact that you won the Alice Stripes competition. First of all, I know it's a few, a few years due, but massive congratulations on that. I think you know kind of since you winning it. You were actually the first person I seen win that competition, as as in I wasn't into lawn care before that period. So you were the first person I actually seen come to win that. And I remember seeing like the the interview part where they the tipped up with the mower and they give you the mower and all that sort of stuff. And I I was really taken back by that part, and I thought bloody hell, like you can actually win that. Like you know, we didn't know each other at the time, we hadn't spoken at all, but. Mm-hmm. I think for many people, you know, I'll push on you quite hard as well for, you know, marketing and the rest of it. They still use a, a lot of your fantastic content. And um, I think there'll be lots of people out there that have seen your stuff, seen you winning. That's probably made them think, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try it, especially in the way that you did win it. Um, do you just want to touch on quickly sort of what you used to win that competition and what, you know, as a whole, what was the prize for winning? Well, when I first started doing the competition, which was 2016, um, I didn't know, really know too much about it. I'd just seen it on online. I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that. And so I was using the Ransom's uh, Ajax Mark V push mower and I put some diamonds into the um, the lawn. And I thought, yeah, that looks all right. And <laughs> I think it, it, got, it placed into the, I think it was a top six anyway. And that thought, Okay, and then they brought out the, the Liberty uh, with all the cartridges, I don't know, 3,000, over 3,000 pounds worth of equipment. I thought, the only way I'm going to get one of those is I'm going to have to win it. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was it then. I was, I was aiming to win it. So 2017, when I put the Union flag into the lawn, me personally, that, I thought that was better than the 2018. I just couldn't get the right picture the amount of right. pictures I took, I was up ladders. People were holding ladders while I was off top of ladders. <laughs> I couldn't get the right picture for this because it, it is all down to a, a, a picture as well, sending yeah. that correct picture in. So I was quite gutted that I didn't win it that year because it, it was it was so mint. It really was really, really good. But then 2018, I thought, I'm going to have to go to this bigger and better. So I just picked a design. Well, it took me ages to find a pattern of some sort uh, online. And then it was more adding things to it, doing different things, because it was, it was a non-copyright picture that, that yeah. I'd, I'd chosen. I thought, well, I need to adapt this because it needs to be nothing like what the picture is. It was just a, a picture in my mind, so I knew what I was aiming to do. Yeah. So as it, it just took about three or four months to do. So there's two, and I had got two Ransom. So I got another Ransom Ajax mower from, the first one was from Gumtree, the other one was from eBay. Was it eBay? Yeah, eBay. I think it was £30 and £40. So I set one higher than the other in different heights. So it give you that definition of 
uh, cut like a step. Yeah. So that just made pop out uh, really, really well. And so there was a time in 2018, as you know, it was boiling hot. Everything had gone to toast around here. Everything was brown <laughs> as anything. So it was, I got a couple of water butts in the, the, the garden anyway. So he was having to water, watering can or hosing and uh, get water onto it that way just to keep it alive for the picture. Yeah. Because there was a lot of lot of lawns. I've got a big aerial shot from above. Every lawn in the area just looked like toast. Yeah. It just it had gone. So just trying to keep that alive until I'd complete completely done the finished article and getting that picture, which was the main thing, which was out of the uh, bathroom window, pushing the window as far as I can, leaning out with a picture, and I must have also taken at least a thousand to fifteen hundred pictures before oh, really? I got the, the one I wanted. Yeah, it's wow. it's a must. It really is a must that you get that right picture. And it, it just it, goes to show, it doesn't it? Because like yeah. I mean you I can do everything anyway. you wanted to, but if it's not portrayed as no. it was in person, almost like you said about your union jacket, you couldn't get the right picture for it. No. You know, then it then it loses a lot of its marks just because you can't get that photographic evidence. And that's that's how it was, and it was it was so. And so I was cutting it three times a day. Really, I could cut it because it was a push mower anyway. I was cutting it before I was going to work, so that was early in the morning. I mean, <laughs> I've got really good neighbours anyway, and living in the grove. <laughs> but it was just making that one cut, and then coming back to do on the afternoon with the other mower to the step definition, and keep doing that. It was like three times a day for. I think it was about three months, and I think I think one of the newspapers put it on like two hundred and seventy something hours to complete this wow. <clears throat> work of whatever. And I was going, okay, that's a bit sad, isn't it? How many hours <laughs> I've spent on that? <laughs> no, but but... I was never going to spend three thousand pound on this mower. Yeah, I had to win it. No, and that's I... what I set out to do. And you know what? I think there's going to be people in that because I've bottled it the last two years. I've I've thought I've. I've seen it and I've, you know, who doesn't want to win one of them mowers? Let's be honest. Um, Alec has got such a name for themselves now. They're such a reputable brand. And I mean, they're up there between them and Swordman. You know what I mean? They're both up there, you know, other sides of the world, really. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think of cylinder mowers, they're the two names. And yeah, Alec's up there. There's no doubt about it. And I think because of the competition, they're doing all the rest of it. I think there's going to be people trying that for many years. And like I say, I've bottled it the last two and every time it's coming to do it, like came to do it, I've just thought, ah, no, I don't have time or like, you know, just whatever it might have been. I just haven't had the faith to go for it, I suppose. Well, it's a bit odd for me because I'm normally, I'm normally all in and I'll, I'll just give everything my best shot. But I think that's why, because if I do try and uh, enter the competition, of course, everyone enters to try and win. But I think I'll go overboard and like, kind of like you have spent a lot of hours on it and uh <laughs> yeah it'll come one day and i will try one day but i think there's going to be a lot of people out there and especially you know seeing yours uh your competition win and you still being very much on social media i think a lot of people will be grafting for that placement you know for a lot of years to come you know going off your type of work uh so is that is that one of your your career highs so to speak like one of your really proud moments in long care yeah, well, uh, as in for the lawn care for my own lawn, then yeah, it's it, it's what I set out to do. I, I 
I wanted to win it from the, after the first entry in 2016. I said, I need to win this. So each year and the year after uh, 2019, I was still going to do something, but it wouldn't have been entered because I think my knowledge I can't enter because I've won previously. Uh, but, right. um, for Channel 5, they wanted for law and order, I had to do them a they wanted a pattern put in the lawn and, and they said, Well, can you do it in a couple of weeks? And I went, I'm gonna laugh because these <laughs> things don't just happen like that. I said, uh, I can do you something and it'll be it'll take about a month to try and get something so and to dig out the the uh, ransom Ajax and I'll use the liberty then to go over the top at a different height. And so I did them a pattern for the show, which you only actually see the time lapse from down below because I had to for the month that I was doing it, they gave me a GoPro. And so that was put into the bathroom window. I had to put the, the tripod in the same position all the time and everything aimed it down. And it never got used. Oh, really? <laughs> it was like, what? So all that time, they just used the one off my phone, which was down below. But I had actually done a time lapse from above. So there is a video on uh, TikTok at the moment of that pattern. But I would have liked to actually kept that if I could have kept entered for like the next year yeah, and gone even bigger on it because there was loads. Once I started, it was like, yeah, I could do this and I could do that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. stop. But then it was like, I'm running a business here. I was getting home and doing this afterwards. But people go, you're mad. Well, well relax. Well, that is my relaxing time. I yeah. go out there. I'm doing my lawn. But that's me relaxing then. I, I might have come in the house, have a shower, shower and just sit down. But that was me. I, I just, I like to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. I, I do go, but as I say, running your own business now is totally different. The end yeah. of this week, I'm stopping because my body's telling me I need to stop. <laughs> and I think, I think that's a, you, you need to listen to it. And, you yeah. know, the, the chances are, if it was in summer and, you know, weather was a bit different, the chances are you'd still do some leisure moves, you know what I mean? And I think, yeah. That's what a lot of people that are not in the industry or they don't have this as a hobby that they don't understand. They can't fathom why you enjoy in doing this, you know, chore. And uh, it's a fact that a lot of us, a whole lot of us really enjoy it. And it's all like sort of release, you know, it's a bit of time where you can go out, you can either listen to music, listen to an audio book, just listen to the world go by while you're cutting your grass, whatever it might be. And, you know, it, it gives back a lot more than you probably put into it, um, it in its space of like natural health for you. And mm-hmm. yeah, not everyone understands that, but you deserve the break, mate. It sounds like you've been completely, you know, packed out. And I'm guessing, is this your first full year, 2021, is it? Well, it's a full, no, I'm still not even a full year because I, when I gave him my notice, I had to give him a month's notice. And I went, ah, oh, pants. So that was May. <laughs> I started. So I've only been going fully on my own since May. So I've just gone health and leather over the last so many months just to to build up a bigger client base to to see me through. But I've got I've got good customers that are going to still go through the winter with me. So I only have to go over there uh, once a week and do different things. So I've got because I like to go to a customer a customer and and make that customer and um customer 
and business relationship between them. So yeah. I'm not just going over there to cut the lawn and go home sort of thing. I like to know who they are and different things. I, I know most of the customers, kids and different things like that, them by name and different things like that. I like to have that that uh, personal touch with each one I know. So their dog's names, anybody of the customers that I've got sort of thing, that they all know me because, yes, I probably could be going out and doing an extra lawn and earning money in the time that I'm chatting, but I've got loyal customers there as well at the end of the day. I know 99% of them are going to be there next year when I get back on the email and say I'm coming in, in March. So that's where I like to think I'm going a, a bit above and beyond a lot of people that are, are in and around my area. I do have that uh, personal touch with each one in the way I go about things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's a very important point you make in there because, you know, people say about like the hustle, the grind of it all, you know, Yes, you've got to make money first and foremost. Like, obviously, you need to make some form of career out of it, and you need to be able to pay your way with it. But at the end of the day, like you say, by building loyal customers, that's doing the exact same thing. Because if you if they've got someone they trust, then they're gonna keep on coming back to you, keep on reemploying you, keeping that monthly subscription going, and they're gonna trust you. If the someone comes by and it's just you give off that energy that you're literally there for the money and you know, you're running out the gate to the next one. There isn't that feel of, I owe you anything. And in this job, you need some form of, um, almost some form of safety net or just knowledge that they're going to be there next year. You know, if, you know, if 70% of your clients all of a sudden left you, then you'd be in a pretty bad way financially, I'm guessing. So I think, I think by what you're doing is definitely the right approach. And I always say everyone like professionalism is up there, but also just being like a good human being, being respectable, uh, you know, P's and Q's and being polite will get you a whole lot further than just knowing what you're talking about. Because, you know, the personality, the way humans bounce off each other with energy, you know, it's up there. Um, And I think a lot of people need to keep that in mind as well, because, you know, it can go two ways. And especially when you're starting, reputation is almost everything when it's getting passed on. And by doing what you're doing, it's only going to amplify your rep- reputation. I don't think it can ever do anything wrong for you. I mean, have you, are you bumped into any bad cases where, I don't know, clients haven't liked you standing around, like talking to them? Not saying wasting time, but, you know, have you got clients that just want to pay you and, and walk back inside, that type of thing? There's a, there's a couple of clients like that, but I, I, I still have that uh, that conversation beforehand if they're there sort of thing, just to make sure everything's all right, is there anything different sort of thing. But you do have the odd customer that, that they'll just come out or, as you say, look through the window and nod and that's it. <laughs> and they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll pay you at the end of the week or pay you in the month. But some people are like that, but I'm still giving that loan uh hundred percent of my attention when I'm there and hundred percent of detail while I'm there. It's, it doesn't matter if it's my own lawn or their lawn, they will still get the detail and the dedication from myself. If, if it's their lawn, because yeah. that's the way that's how I want to push my business forward. And all these customers are there at the moment. <clears throat> it's a lot of it is word of mouth as well. So if they, they, they're saying to their friends, well, I've got Keith here that does this, this, and this, and this, then the, they're more likely to ring up and, and go with me over somebody else. Yeah. So I do try and do that. But as you say, there's a lot of 
leaflets that possibly will go out next year for uh, with different things on the leaflets because, as you say, I've been on TV. One of the biggest advertising things I've put on my van already and yeah. on leaflets will be as seen on TV. A lot of people see that as well and go, oh, and then they'll start looking and Google, as you're saying. Uh, from yourself, it was actually, so it was on uh, Google More Business, so it's all on that. And also awesome. your Facebook page um, as well. But as you say, a lot of areas that I will hit next year are with people that have had gardeners or lawn techs for many, many, many years. But they ring me up and say, well, can you come and feed my lawn? And I go, why, why can't your, uh, your guy do it? He said, well, he doesn't do that. Well, it's me trying to break into that little area then of, well, take me on because I can do all of it. So yeah. it's trying to push the business that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting next year to see how far. I think um, that's all we can do is ever, isn't it? No, I think, you, I think you're completely right with that. And it's, you know, you've seen something that works. If, if that's a niche you're seeing around your area, that that's, that's obviously something missing, that's lacking then that's something you can provide. You'd be silly not to not to act on that and not to push that and not to... I mean, anyone that's been on TV showing something that they love or that they're doing or something that they're doing very well, may I add, it would be silly not to use that as marketing material. And, you know, it's these sort of wins almost that people need to be pulling on and, you know, pushing out themselves because as a one-man band, you, you don't have a marketing, you know, team of, you know, three people looking at analytics and telling you the best things to go and all the rest, you know, it, it is you and it's what you come across and being able to notice that as you have done and then turn that into something positive and something you can react on is, you know, it needs to be the way it goes. Otherwise you just, you just sitting on it quite frankly. Yeah. Cause uh, the way I saw it, sorry, the way I saw it was well with the channel five thing was <clears throat> where could I, where could I get five or six, minutes of national uh, exposure and not pay for it yeah so it, that would have cost thousands and thousands of pounds to do that so them coming to me and asking me was yeah there was a bit of mm, how's this going to turn out and i was constantly in contact with uh, one of the producers as well to say this come this is going to come out in a good light and not uh put put this kind of industry in a bad light and so no everything is positive everything is positive i said well i'll do it then and that's and that's what i did and i just thought there's no way i could have paid x amount of thousands of pounds to get on telly no so it was a no-brainer to me no it's fantastic opportunity and massively applaud you for actually doing it because i know not only for that reason but even just confidence wise a lot of people probably or maybe would have shied from it um yeah massively and that's that was my thing as well because <clears throat> just my personal thing i've i've had no I've, i lost my hair when i was 11 so i've had, had alopecia since the age of 11 so you can imagine the, the stick and the 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 bad names i got caused all the way through school and different things like that it's only over the last 12 to 18 months that i've probably fully come out of my shell it sounds a bit daft i'm 45 45 now but uh, I don't mind talking to anybody and telling yeah. them different things. It's having that confidence now of doing that. And that's that's a good thing in this industry that you need to talk to people, yeah. talk to customers. It, it helps. 
Yeah, no, and well done on that, mate. Because you know, I think at somewhere at some point, people's always got some form of personal boundary, whatever that may be, whether it's you know a feeling, whether it's looks, whether it's something that's happening in the family or where they live or how they've been brought up, whatever it might be. And you know, it's never too late to go right. I'm in control, and I can do this for me. You know, pushing me forward. So like, mm-hmm. on that, congrats on that, man. It's you know, it takes a lot to do it. And, you know, for you to do that as well. And then jump on TV. If you're just saying that it's only been mm-hmm. in that small of a time frame to go, right, I'm yeah. going on TV and doing this, then even, big, even bigger there, like, um, you know, well done. Absolutely. I, I do nothing but respect you for that. Um, on the lawn there, my last question for you is just to give, you've got a lot of experience, a lot of sort of, I want to put it as expertise within the within this <laughs> industry. What is the one mistake that you've made or the worst mistake that you've made on your own personal loan? Own personal loan? Um, okay. What's the most one? I've probably killed a quarter of it. By, <laughs> right. <laughs> by not, again, reading instructions to the way they should be on labels. That's why they're there for. So you read these different things. So I, in one part of it, I just scorched the, a quarter of my lawn by not doing exactly what the labels have told me to do. So, yeah, that took a bit of time to come back. But it's, it's, it's a learning curve, isn't it? Never do yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's you exactly all find them things. You only have to do these things once. <laughs> that's it. And, and as soon as, it's probably, you know, the best way to learn the lesson is, you know, you make it yourself and then you, you learn quickly. Um, last question, and probably without a doubt the easiest is how can people find you online? What's your sort of social media handles? Okay, um, Instagram for my personal stuff, which is my own lawn. So you get all the pictures and different cuts of my lawn. Uh, Instagram is uh, Smith24976. Uh, work, pictures and videos is at all things turf, which is all one word. And website, www.allthingsturf.co.uk which I get went from you in making sure that everything was all linked to the same name. Happy day. <laughs> so and, it's Birmingham, and it's Birmingham you work out of, isn't it? It is, mate. Yes, Birmingham. Absolutely. So if anyone's in Birmingham listening to this now and you need some form of lawn care, then feel free to hit up Keith on that website. Keith, I just want to thank you again for coming on this podcast. It feels like it's been long overdue. Um, and without a doubt, I would love to have you back on many other episodes you know, where we can discuss different features or topics. But um, thank you very much for joining me at night. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Jay, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, mate. No worries, mate. Take care. Right then, everyone. So thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode. You know, having Keith on, and again, all I'm finding with this is the more people we have on and, you know, people with different backgrounds and different businesses, we get so many even though we're talking about the same things with roughly the same questions, we get whole loads more experience every single time. So again, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank you to Keith for coming on and, you know, sharing some things about himself and what he's done to get to where he is now. It has been an absolute pleasure to host it. And honestly, it's been a joy hosting it as well. So anyway, thank you. That is this week's episode. Apologies. It's a few days late, but it has just been manic lately. The next episode will drop on Saturday as usual from 0700 and next week will be the last episode before Christmas. So last episode next week and then I will be back with you either 
just before New Year's Day or in the new year, but I'll let you know through social media. Anyway, everyone, thank you very much once again. Take care and thanks for joining.